Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. We're continuing our series, Prepared. And what we're talking about is how to stand in the storms of life. And, and last week, uh, we, we kind of just, just, just got started. But before we dive in, I want to give you just a little bit of a, a story on not being prepared. Anybody not be prepared for something before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think many of us are like, yeah. For me, lots of my not prepared stories come in the form of camping trips. And, and this is another one. If you were last week, you heard one. Well, this was one where I took some students. Uh, Becca and I were leading uh, a student ministry, and some of the students were like, hey, let's go camping over spring break. And I'm like, yeah, sounds good. So spring break here in Michigan, and we went up to the Manistee Forest, the National Forest. And we're like, okay, well, this is what we'll do is we'll go hiking. So we hiked out like four miles, backpacks and tents, and then we pitched our tents and like did fires and cooking, and, and so I packed all the food for everybody. And as all of you hikers know, you don't really like eat a ton. You don't carry a ton of food when you're hiking. You, you, it's enough to get by. Well, everybody had like a half can of soup. And not like the little baby cans, okay, but like a half can of soup for everybody. And these junior hires are like, where's the rest of our food? We're going to die. I'm like, you're not going to die. We're, we're hiking. Like, you're going to make it. And that was a bit of a deal. And they're like, oh, we're going to die. Like, really, you're okay. And they're like scraping the cans. And a couple of them are like, we got to find bugs to eat. I'm like, no, you're not doing that. Like, you're not eating bugs. But that really wasn't a big deal. But then that night, it is Michigan. And like, as we know, like one day it's 70. And the next day, well, that night it got cold. It got really, really cold. And all of a sudden, so we're, we're all in our tents sleeping. And it starts to frost over on the tents, all the steam. And they're like, yeah, it's getting kind of cold. And these guys, I hear them like, hey, I'm cold. What about this? And, and these guys brought sleeping bags, but they brought like the sleep in your living room sleeping bags, like not sleep outdoor sleeping bags. So I hear a couple of them are like, hey, they're double, they're double bagging and trying to like stay warm. And seriously, after that trip, the verse that they used is the verse in the Bible that says, when two lie together, they can stay warm. <laughs> There's a verse for that. And it's like, okay. And that's how they were staying warm. And then at one o'clock in the morning, so they were freezing. One o'clock in the morning, I hear, I hear like crying, like wailing, like crying. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, what happened? And so, sure enough, you hear the zipper undo in one of the other tents, and they come over and unzip my zipper, and they come in, and, and Noah's like, hey, he's got an earache. One o'clock in the morning, we're in the middle of the forest, we're four miles from the car, which is still not near anything else, and he's got an earache. And I am just like, what in the world? I'm like, come here, we're going to pray for you. I'm like, healed in Jesus' name, I go back to bed. And I zipped my tent up. Come morning, we come out, and the puddles are frozen enough that some of the kids could stand on them. That's how cold it was that night. We're on the edge of the Manistee River, and the sides of the river had started to freeze in a little bit. Not the center, it's flowing. I don't know if it ever freezes, but they'd come in. It got cold, 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 and all of those kids to this day swear that they almost died. They didn't. Not even close. Not even close. And the kid with the earache, he made it back to his tent. God healed him, and he went straight to, straight to bed. And he still talks about it today. He's like, I cannot believe that it's never happened. And I'm like, well, when you need God, he came through. He most definitely, definitely did. 
But I was actually, I saw those, a couple of those guys a couple of weeks ago. And like, we almost, they bring it up every time I see them. We almost died. We weren't prepared. We weren't ready. I'm like, yes, we were. You were fine. <laughs> Becca's shaking her head. No, they almost died. No, they didn't. <laughs> it's called camping. It's just what happens. <laughs> Anytime you go with me. But anyways, being prepared changes everything. If you're not prepared, something simple can suddenly become complex and, oh, no, what's going to happen? If you are prepared, even the most complex, crazy things, it's like, well, we can get through this because we're ready. And we're looking at how to be prepared in the storms of life. And our main scripture that we're looking at is Matthew 7. And when this is Jesus, and we're just going to read a couple verses here, Matthew 7, verse 24. And this is what it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the storms rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But whoever hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, last week, as we started this, we looked at these two and we said, what caused it to fall? Well, it's not the storm because the same storm hits both of these houses. So it's not the storm that caused it to fall. And really, last week we looked at the fact that God does not, storms are just going to come. Storms are a part of life. They are a part of life. We said God does not lead us down the path of least resistance. But the storms are going to come and in fact, John 16, it says this, I have told you these things, this is Jesus talking, so that you may have peace, because in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. See, God does not say that we will not have trouble. He does not say, if you run into trouble, turn the other way, because I'm not leading you that way. And we established that very strong last week. And so this week, we're looking at, okay, so what really made the difference? We talked about this last week. We talked about resisting the devil. We talked about God does not lead us through the path of least resistance. But as we look at verse 24 about these guys, it says this about the first man, the man whose house did not fall. It said, those who hear my words and put them into practice. It's doing something with what we hear. It's doing something. Because it's one thing to hear something, but it's something it doesn't really do a whole lot of good to just hear it. It just doesn't. Anybody ever been to a gym before? Raise your hand if you've ever walked into a gym. Some of us. All right. That's most of us. Hands down. There you go. But let me, let me just ask, how many of you have the body that you want and those rock solid ab things that you want, but you've been to a gym? Why is, why is that not the case? There's more to it. There's more to it. And Really, when it comes to this, it says, those who hear the word and put it into practice. And something that is obvious when it comes to a gym, we realize that if you go to a gym and you just walk around, look at some of the equipment, look at some of the people sweating and being like, wow, that one makes too much noise. Because there's always one in every gym that's just way too loud. Every gym I've ever been, you're like, oh, that's just, anyway, you know, you can walk around, you can look around, you can see, and you leave, it's not going to do any good. It's just not, you're not going to get that benefit. And what we're seeing here in verse 24 is those who hear this word and do it. 
You've got to go to that gym and you've got to do something. You've got to do something while you're there. And that's really what he's talking about. And in James 1.22, it says it this way. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Now, I think that that's interesting, that it says that we can hear God's word and be deceived. Because why would I be deceived if I'm hearing God's word? And I think it is. It is great. I hope every one of you, if you don't, you need it, the YouVersion Bible app. If you've got a smartphone, you can put it on there, and it will actually read you the Bible. You can track some of your Bible, some of your reading in there while you're in the car or out jogging or at the gym. If you're the loud person making those too loud of noise, whatever it is, it'll read you the Bible. It's great. But here's what it says is you can hear that and think, there, I did it. I can check it off my list. But if you do, you're deceived. It goes on to say, do what it says. And then in verse 25, it says, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. He will be blessed in what he does. Here's the word and then does it. Now, I know when I say that, that some people in here are like, but I tried that. Like, like, I did it. But here's the thing. If, like, I know, so I'm going to do a push-up here a minute. So if I do a push-up, okay, yeah, baby. <laughs> For those of you listening or didn't check, that was my wife. She's in the front. That's who I'm talking to, just so you know, in case you couldn't see or listening. We do have podcasts and things. All right. So I did, I did some push-ups. Now, Am I stronger? Do push-ups make you stronger? But am I stronger? What if I was like, well, I tried that. It doesn't work. Push-ups don't work. They might work for you, but they just don't work for me. You'd be like, he's stupid. <laughs> You'd be like, why are we listening to this guy? Let's go. Grab the kids. Get the minivan. No. See, it says this about God's word. It says those who hear it and those who do it. And some of you are like, well, I tried this, but let me t tell you, did you try it like I tried push-ups? Did you do it once? Did you do it twice and say it didn't work? You know, the hardest thing about going to the gym is they typically say, if you start going to the gym and working out, it's going to take three months before you see a difference and four months before other people really start to notice a difference. No, I think that's when you're fully clothed, because when I look at myself, I think, no, I'm teasing. But anyways, <laughs> it takes time. But we want this instant, and we want it right now. We don't want seed time and harvest in our life. We want a seed and harvest. We want it right, right now. And maybe you're here, and you're like, well, I tried this before. Let me just tell you, do it. Try it again, it works. You may have done a push-up and thought it didn't work, but let me just tell you, it works. God's word is true, it works. It really does. And we apply ourselves, we apply and we say, okay, I'm gonna do it. Not just hear it, but I'm gonna do it. In Mark, it says this, in Mark chapter four, verse 24. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, 
the more understanding you will be given. It says, pay close attention. You know what they say? They say that on average, that when we hear something like this right here, you'll leave, and in three days, you will not remember 10% of what I said. It's really encouraging for me. Like, really, really so encouraging. Like, 10% or less. That, that is what you will remember. Mark 4, verse 24 says, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding will be given. This is how two people can be in the exact same service. One person is worshiping, they're like, they are experiencing God's presence. God is ministering to him by his spirit. They're getting what they need. And the person next to him is standing there like, did the drummer just miss a beat? Like, I don't know. Did a car drive by? And they're in the same place, but they're not getting the same thing. Because this is what it says, Mark 4, 24, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding will be given you and you'll receive even more. Verse 25, those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who do not listen, even what they understand, they will have taken away from them. This is how two people can be in the same room and one gets exactly what they hear needed from God. Like every time I have ever shared or ever spoke or preached anywhere, like every single time afterwards, I know one thing's going to happen. Somebody's going to come up and they're going to be like, thank you. You said, dun, dun, dun. that's exactly what I needed. And I'm like, I never said, dun, dun, dun. I don't even know where you got that from. Every time. But God speaks to them what they needed to hear. And they, they get it out of whatever I say. And I'm like, okay, my, it, it's God. I know it's God. I know it is. This is how people can sit there. It's we hear God's word when we pay attention and say, God, I'm hungry for what you have. God sees that. And here's the best part. What you receive from God today is not limited by me. Thank goodness. But God will speak right to you as you press in and as you are listening, as you're like, oh, that was, this is what I need. And as we take notes and we write things down, it says, those who listen intently, they will be given even more. It's not limited by what I say. God wants to give you more. We listen and then we have to do. We have to do it. We've got to do something with it. We've got to go out and say, okay, what does this mean to me? What does this mean? I was meeting with a group of guys uh, a couple weeks ago, and one of them's like, look at this verse here. It says that we will one day give an account for every idle word spoken. And he's like, that blows my mind, and I've got to change the way I'm talking. That's exactly what it's talking about, is looking at God's word saying, okay, how does this apply to me? It's talking about it on your way home. When we go home today, I know what we're going to talk about in the car. We're going to ask the kids. We're going to be like, hey, what did you learn in class today? How was class? And what did you learn? We want to know. Did, did you learn anything? What, what, what was it? And I absolutely love it because every one of my kids every single week knows. They know something. Even Bo, who's three, will come up and I'm like, what did you learn? And he knows something. He's like, the other day it was, God makes me brave. 
I'm like, he knows. We want to know. But are we doing that? I want to check on my kids and see, were you just in there or did you learn something? But we need to be doing that same thing where we're talking and saying, okay, how did that apply to us? How did what we hear, what do we need to be doing that, about that? As we're, as we're looking and not just hearing the scripture, it's great to be in it every day. I hope you are. We're, we're starting a new month. It's the fifth. So I hope you read the fifth proverb. If you're looking for a way to just start getting into the word on a daily basis, that is a fabulous way, is pick a proverb of the day. So today's the fifth. So open Proverbs and read the fifth Proverbs. It's a great one. If you want more than that, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and thereafter. Just start right there. Acts is great because you can see what the, church, the early church was doing and what he wants us, the church, to be doing today. Those are just some great places to start. But it's great to hear. But if all we do is hear, we're going to miss out because the power of God's word is in the application. The power of God's word is when we do it. That's when the rubber hits the road. That, 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 that's getting it in there and saying, okay, now we're going to do it. We're going to make it go. So talk about it. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it in your small groups. Say, hey, what is it? Did, did this change or this really affected me? The way that this was said, this is something that really jumped out at me that I need to change. Because if we're going to be ready for storms, it's great that you come to church. But are you doing it? Are you looking at it saying, okay, what needs to change in my life and applying God's word to our life so that it does make a difference, so that we are prepared? Because small things make a really, really big difference. Please don't think, because that's, that's what we do so often is we want the big fix. We don't want the small thing. We want the big fix. It was two days ago, grandpa stopped over at the house and uh, he, he usually comes by for lattes, and this time he came by just to drop off candy for the kids, which drives me nuts, because he comes by at like 7 o'clock in the morning, and the kids haven't even had breakfast, and his pockets are bulging with candy. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you're getting the dentist bill. He's like, rawr, 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 rawr. I'm like, no, I'm serious, like no more candy. So he stops over, and, and the kids run up to him, and they just raid his pockets and run off with Reese's peanut butter cups, and oh, it's just great. And 7 o'clock in the morning, our, start, our, our day starts with candy, and then they, they come back to the table because I'm like, okay, you guys have to eat food. And, and he says, he says, okay. He asks Avery and Molly. Avery and, so they're 12 and 11. He says, which would you rather have? Would you rather have $500 right now or I'll give you a penny a day for a month, but I'll double it every day. We'll start with a penny and I'll double it every day for one month. Do you want $500 or do you want the penny? And Avery's like, mm, I don't know the answer, but $500 is awesome. I want $500. And Molly, she's sitting over there and she goes, I want the penny. And he's like, okay, let's do the math. So he sits down there and I like math, but my dad's really good at math. And he's like, okay, so the first one's going to be, the second one's going to be, then by the fifth day, the tenth day. He says, well, if we have a 31-day month, and you picked the one penny starting today, but we'll double it every day for 30 days. He says, if it's a 30-day month, it's over $5 million. If it's a 31-day month, it's obviously over $10 million. Isn't it nuts how fast a small thing can grow? You're like, but you start with a penny. 
You start with a penny. Now, be honest with me. How many of you at the very beginning thought, I would choose the penny? Raise your hand. Okay, some of us are like, yeah, they're like, I've heard this before. That just makes sense. When he asked the question, I knew the penny was the answer, but not because I knew how much it would be. In my mind, I was thinking maybe like $1,000. I never thought $5 million. I definitely didn't think over $5 million. Like, no way. But here's the thing. Small things that we do every day make a huge difference. They make a huge difference. Even if it's just one verse and you're like, okay, God, how can I make this apply? If it's one message that you look and you say, okay, we learned this Sunday, I'm going to apply it today. Because here's what I know. The key to your future is in your daily routine. I can know what your future is going to be. Just show me your daily routine. What are the things that you do on a regular basis? What are those? That is what is going to make the biggest difference. You don't have to look and say, okay, look at the entire Bible and say, just, just where am I supposed to start? Start somewhere. Start somewhere doing something. Because the power of God shows up in the application. It really does. A seed is no good in your hand. You've got to plant it. You have to do something with it. And that's really what God's word is, is it's a seed. And when we start to do it is when it grows and we get the benefit. It's one thing to just see and to conceptualize and to come to church and say, oh, that was great, but we've got to do something with what we hear. We've got to do something. I came across this. I thought it was absolutely crazy. If you can show this picture, if you can throw that up there. So this is a picture of some boys in 1920 learning how to swim. They didn't have any water. I thought, you know, I think it's great that they're trying to figure it out, but let me just tell you, until you get in the water, you don't know how to swim. Like, you just do not know how to swim. I remember when I learned how to swim. We were up at a friend's cottage, and I walked out on the dock, and part of the dock was like, sideways and like underwater because it was spring and it had some like, I don't know what time of year it was, but anyways, it was off like this and there was some, it was kind of slippery. And I walked to the end of the dock and I ran out there because I was like, this is so awesome. And then poosh, I fell in. And nobody else was around and I learned how to swim. And I swam back to the dock and got out. My parents were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm wet. I also remember that trip because for some reason I decided to light a hanging plant on fire inside the house and almost burnt it down. I don't know. I just, I just remember that trip because of, those, because, of, because of those things. But I learned how to swim. We don't know. There's so much of what we don't know until we actually do something with it. And it is one thing to conceptually say, I've been to church. I come here. I read my Bible. But let me just tell you, you need to go swimming. You need Try it. It is so much better. It is so much better when we say, okay, God, I'm going to do what your word says. I'm going to start to forgive. And we see the freedom that comes when we forgive. And suddenly, a week later, we're like, I thought me holding on to unforgiveness was hurting them, but it never did. I feel so much better now that I've let it go. I'm free. And we say, I never knew that. When we begin to walk that out and we say, okay, I'm going to love my wife like, the, like Christ loved the church, which means he laid down his life for her. I'm going to serve her. That's what I'm here for. 
I'm going to serve. I'm going to do that. And we begin to do these things that God's word say. We see the power that God's word has. And when we see it, storms and things arise. We're like, I know this works. I know what to do. I'm going to go to God's word because it works. Because I know that it works. We go to God's word. The last thing that we want to do is to make God our umbrella. Because here's the deal. He won't be an umbrella. He won't be the thing that we run to when things go bad and say, oh, now I'll do it your way, God. Because some things you, you, you have to prepare for in advance. And yes, I have another camping trip story to prove this one. So when I was in grade school, I decided I want to go camping with a friend. So we were going to go camping, and we're going to go up to the Manistee National Forest. Here we are again. And we're like, let's do this. And, but I didn't just want to camp. I was like, we're going to live off the land. Like, we're going to, I'm like, we shouldn't even bring a tent. Like, we'll, we'll build our own tent. Like, we'll build it. It'll be awesome. Well, my buddy was like, no, I'm going to bring a tent. I'm like, don't do it. We don't need it. I've got a knife. Like, we'll be okay. So we go out in the woods. I think we're like 12 or 13. And uh, my dad brings us out there and is like, are you guys all set? We unload everything. And then he just leaves. And uh, we're out there. And I'm, we try building the tent, and it doesn't really work, so he, we set up his tent, and we had two cans. We were out there for four days. We had two cans of SpaghettiOs. Um, they went really fast. And then we didn't have anything, but we were, we were fishing. And I was like, well, we're, we're, we're going to be okay. We're, we're going to be okay. So we go out, and we go fishing. And my buddy like right away catches this nine or 10 ounce, nine or 10 ounce, nine or 10 inch trout. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was delicious. In fact, it was big enough that we both ate it and we only ate one side. We, there was still food left over. And we were like, yes, we're like, well, let's go fishing some more. So we go back out fishing. And, and as I'm telling this story, some of you are like, you were out there in spring break and you were fishing and catching fish. So either I'm remembering wrong and it wasn't spring break or it wasn't season and we shouldn't have been fishing, and I'm not sure which is true. I'm, I'm really not, because again, it's one of my camping stories. So we're out there, we're out there, we're fishing, so I'm assuming that it was a little later than spring break. And we do not catch another fish. But we're like, we're okay, we've got the fish up at, up at, the, up at the tent. So we go back up to the tent, and we get up there, and our fish is gone. And we're like... What just happened? Like, this is our food. Like, where's our food? And my buddy's like, well, was it an animal? Like, what, what came around? So, like, we're looking for prints, and we're like, okay, because we're wilderness people. Like, we're, we're going to find the prints. And we're looking all over the place, and I'm like, there's no, there's no animal prints, but there's some big feet. My dad had come to check on us, and he smelled the food, and he ate all the rest of our food. And then left, because he didn't find us. So we spent the next three days, like, we didn't catch a single fish. And every night, we would sit there, and he's like, Burger King. And I'm like, don't say it, don't say it. Like, don't even do it. Like, my mouth is watering. We're so hungry. Like, we ate nothing else for the next three days. But here's the thing. The time to prepare for food had come and gone. When we got dropped off, it was over. 
That was the time to prepare for food. And there's times in our life we prepare now by knowing what God's word is, by digging into it, by listening, by intently seeking after God's word. Because when we, when we look intently, that's when he gives us even more than what we had. And we say, okay, I'm going to put it into practice. I'm going to begin to do it. And as we see God be faithful, and we see his faithfulness in his word, we're more apt to read it. And we say, oh, I want more of it because it's working. My relationship with my wife is getting better. Forgiveness, this is so much better than I thought. Things that work, I'm choosing to honor our finances. God, we're choosing to honor you with this. And we have more peace in our house, even though things around are crazy and it's not gone the way that we wanted and worked. Let this go. But God, we have peace that's found in you and it passes all understanding. This is so much better. And so that when storms do come, we say, you know, it worked before, it will work again. I'm not running to you, God, last minute, but I know what your, what your word says, and I'm prepared for what's coming. And we look at it and we say, I'm going to do this, and we get to the other side because we, we stand through the storms because we were prepared. We were prepared. Ordinary things done over and over when we just will take the time and say, God, this, I'm going to make this a part of my daily routine. Ordinary becomes Extraordinary. We say, I'm just going to do this. Those two push-ups I did will do me really no good, although they could help. But if I do them every day, and probably a few more than two, it will make a difference. And let me just tell you, if you just say, God, I'm going to apply myself to your word. I'm going to seek after you every day. It will make a difference. And you will be prepared when storms come. And you'll begin to see his faithfulness over and over in your life. Would you bow your heads? As we're about to close, because we're out of time, I want to ask and I just want to make sure that every person in here, you know where you stand with God. You know, we're talking about being prepared to stand in storms of life, but let me just ask, are you prepared to meet God? See, one day every one of us is going to stand before God. Either we're going to die or he's going to return. Are you prepared for that? Do you know? And if you're here and you think, I'd love to be, let me just tell you, the Bible says that we can know that we have salvation, that this is not a guessing game. This isn't something that we hope. We can know that we have salvation. Jesus came, and he died on the cross to pay the price for you, but you have to accept it. The Bible says if you confess Jesus as the Lord of your life, if you believe in your heart that he died on the cross and rose again, you will be saved. Saved from your past. Saved from the punishment that we, you and I so deserve. He says, I'll take your place. I already did it. So if you're here and you've never made that decision, or you're like, you know, there was a time I was living for God, but I turned my back on him, and today I want to come back. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you. So if that's you, then at the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand. And when you do, you're saying, God, I want to be yours. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. I want to be prepared to meet you. Get ready. One, two, three, all the way up. Say, that's me. And this morning, God, I want you. Okay, God, we just come before you this morning, and we thank you for your word. God, that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And God, our desire is to seek after you with all that we have. God, we don't want to just come and to hear your word and to walk away and not change. Speak to us by your spirit. Use our friends. Use our small group. Use the people around us, God, to show us where areas in our lives are not lining up with you, lining up with your word. God, we want to be all that you've created us to be. Help us to not just be hearers of the word, 
but to be doers, to look at our daily routine and to see what needs to change so that we can be all that you've made us to be. God, we thank you for your peace. As we leave this place, God, we ask you to open up our eyes to those who are in need around us. Help us to be your hands and feet. We thank you for all that you're doing both in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.